What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me on another Dolphin Financial Radio show. I'm Dan Wendell, and today's topic, we're going to be talking about toys. It is the holiday season for me right now, and we're going to be talking about how investing in toys could actually be a better return. You can get a better return than some other collectibles, even stocks, bonds, gold. It sounds crazy. It sounds a little outrageous, which is why I need to bring in the biggest kid I know, my co-host, Tony Shore. There <laughs> he is, Tony. I am a big kid. I am a huge kid. I love toys. I love Legos. I, for the uh, for the listeners, my background is Legos. It's a Lego board, mm-hmm. pastel colors, but needless to say, yeah. it, it's the best I could find in a short amount of time. <laughs> Tony, sure. we're going to talk about Legos in particular. Sure. And I sent you an article. I'm going to share it with everybody. Awesome. It's called Lego, the Toy of Smart Investors. Okay. So this is a study by Victoria Dobrinskaya of the Higher School of Economics with her co-author, Julia Kishlova. Of course, I'm going to give you the quick quiz, Tony. What country do you think the Higher School of Economics is in? Well, uh, judging by the name Kishlova, uh, I'm going to guess Russia. Yes. Dobrinskaya. Maybe Moscow, University of Moscow or Moscow? Yeah, it's University. in Moscow. Higher, the School of Higher Economics. Okay. And so this study is, it's a new type of thing that I've seen. Uh, I've never seen a study on Legos before in this sense, <laughs> but I found it fascinating and I want to talk to you about it, well, get sure. your opinion on it. Um, but here's here's how the study worked. They, they, they used... They used the prices of 2,322 Lego sets from the years 1987 to 2015. And it's they looked at the primary sales and then online auction transactions. But this is for unopened sets only. So this isn't yes. the ones that I have in my attic. That my yeah, kids just don't all play thrown in a heap or, you know, right. maybe pieces missing. Yeah, if you buy them and keep them new, unopened in the box. And it's the same way with pretty much any collectible toy. Right. If it's unopened in the package and you save it for long enough, it's going to be worth something. Exactly. So um, did you have Legos growing up? Oh, yeah. Legos were my life. And my kids, all all three of my kids love Legos. Uh, we still will buy a Lego set and put it together sometimes for Christmas, just for fun. Old Which is why we're doing this show around the holiday, because yeah. it came, you know, um, I had Legos growing up, uh, some big sets, none, none of the major ones that you see about, you know, the Star Wars ones, which are the biggies. Sure. I had just a generic space station or something like that, but, um, I still have them and I gave them to my kids and they put them together. And and so we didn't, I don't really remember buying any new sets for my kids. Although I do actually do maybe 10 years ago and, um, they were expensive. I remember. (laughs) Legos are outrageously expensive. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of ghostbusters, the movie. Yes. Well, they did like one of those adult, type really hard sets with thousands and thousands of pieces 
mm-hmm. of a really big scale model and really detailed opening doors and all the equipment of the Ghostbusters uh, car, the uh, Ghostbusters vehicle. And um, uh, and I saw that in the store and I'm like, I want get me that for Christmas, honey. That'd be fun for me and the kids to put together. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> yes is there a lego store in the mall of america i believe there is yeah I, there I is a lego about... store near me and it's just all legos and it's made of legos actual like huge statues all legos it, it, it actually people come there from all just to over look around the, all just over the world just to look at that store and they're taking pictures and yeah it's pretty impressive it, it is impressive yeah. but the pricing is also overwhelming uh, in some <laughs> but here's yeah. the interesting part it's from like study. buying a soda at disney world you know what i right, mean it's like right. the price is at disney world <laughs> right yeah. right but you could get yeah. a water for five dollars yeah um so lego outperforms large stocks bonds gold and alternative investments according to this study and here's here's the returns i want to talk about this the average returns on lego sets are 10 to 11 percent annually wow after they said after um you know real returns they say real returns are about eight percent do you remember what real returns are versus annual returns do you remember tony a little quiz what's what's the difference annual and real Real returns factor in inflation or inflation, you know, right. That's right? So that's right. So you I, might get ten, but in real terms, it's only seven because we have three sure. percent inflation. So, sure. but factoring in inflation, we're still at ten to eleven percent, which is you you know this. That's higher than than stocks. Yeah, I love the, certainly I love, higher than bonds. Yeah, it's higher than the average return in gold, art, uh, financial security, stocks, and bonds. In other words, yeah, I I it's unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? Like, I'm starting to say, wait, maybe I should go up in my attic and start looking to see what I got, because I probably have 50 sets. You know, they're all in one big bin or maybe four bins. Sure. But I'm wondering the time it would take to put these things together. You know, it would probably be now. Do I hire someone to put it together and then sell it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, yeah, they're not worth as much once that box is open, though. So what we're talking about is the the secondary market. So you're not sure. going to buy this and sell it back to the store, right? You're going to no. sell it to someone else. So yeah, you're going to sell it market. on eBay or there are to- online toy auctions now. Right. Where these I've seen that the Lego sets are sold. And and the same goes for a lot of uh, popular toys. Uh, Legos are one of the biggest because they're very valuable and they're expensive to begin with. But uh, Hot Wheels cars. Uh, it's mm-hmm. funny because I saw a Hot Wheels car that I thought was interesting in a Target store the other day. So I took a picture because I wanted to figure out what the exact make of the truck was and it didn't show it on there. Uh, it just had a weird name. So I thought maybe it's made up because usually they say the year and the model. Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up online and I just, for some, just out of kicks and giggles, I Googled it and it's already the cheapest one on eBay is twice as much as it's hanging there in the store for. Uh, in the package. So, uh, you know, there are, uh, there is something to this, Dan. I I really think so. Now I'm going to go out and say, Dan, that I believe, um, and I know from being a collector who buys and sells uh, collectible items myself, I've never done it with Legos, but I've got to believe though, to make that 11%, you'd have to go out, buy a bunch of new sets and get some knowledge first of what might be a big 
reseller once once the initial run because legos they don't keep making the same sets over and over typically some of the star wars and avenger sets they do but a lot of the things are very limited like for a while they made a scooby-doo uh mystery machine uh lego kit and then now you can't find it so now that's going for a lot online if you can find a new one so then you make money but for if you go out and buy 20 brand new kits uh, across the board you're probably going to make money on five or ten of them and either break even or lose money on the rest and you think well how can you make 11 percent? because the ones you make money on really make money like that's they, right you know they, they're a hundred times the original price sometimes well, i mean it's the, crazy in the um article they talk about how the average returns are between negative 50 yep. and 600 percent yes so exactly that's that was know, my point yeah <clears throat> yeah and you're right about the limited edition stuff so you, there's a couple things here they, they limit the number so, yep. And then they stop. They don't make them again. And maybe they'll bring right. it back. So that right there creates some scarcity. The people does. put them together like me. Sometimes they lose pieces. Um, they don't they're not looking to resell it. So they're out. I'm out like mine's not not going back in the market. So right. there's some scarcity there. Then you have um, nostalgia. They're playing into mystery machine. Like my kids yeah. don't watch Scooby Doo. They, they, you know, that's a cartoon I, from the 70s and 80s. Right. I do. I watch. Right. It. So you watch it. But. Like, so that's who the audience is. Like, who are they sure. targeting? They're targeting you. You're Baby older. You have disposable income. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to be they the are. one that suckers into buying this stupid thing. But yeah. it's not stupid if you're doing it right. Well, Dan, I got to believe that what it is, is you're probably talking about, you know, like I said, Gen Xers, baby boomers. You're talking about some 50 something year old guys with a basement full of Legos and toy collectible toys who buys and totally. sells these things. Right. Totally. It's and and that's the whole point of this is that those that are buying and selling this are going to be mature experts, people that know what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're going to have some sort of attachment to it. They're going to have some deep knowledge about it, yeah. which I'll get to in a moment. Um, a couple of things from the article that I wanted to bring up is um, they say in it uh, or the study, the returns are not exposed to traditional risk and they provide diversification benefits. So traditional risk of a stock market mean a stock market crash or you know gold market crash something like that um we could look at uh, cryptocurrencies right there's traditional ebbs and flows of that they're suggesting that the legos didn't really see that in 08 when the market crashed legos didn't go down very much right there's still that demand right. there because it's scarcity yep. and just because the stock market's crashing doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna not buy your lego set if you're a collector right um it, it might obviously everything goes down to the economy, but you know what I'm saying? Not as much. So they're saying that they don't have the traditional, you don't have to worry about um, company risk, like the CEO of, uh, of, of your company that you're buying going crazy. You don't have to work about supply, supply chain issues. That's yeah. all, only going to help if anything. Yeah. And it does provide diversification because really what else is this like? It's kind of like stamps. Like I had a friend who had a bunch oh. of um, baseball cards. Yep. And oh, during the pandemic, he brought them out. They're from the early 90s. And he, when he got them, he saved them and put them in those fancy cases. Yep. You know, the, the acrylic cases. Yep. Turns out all the ones that were in the acrylic got water in them and just disintegrated. And those oh, were all no. the good ones. So he had selected the good ones back in the 90s and they're all done. And it was just a tragedy, right? Um, 
So there are some risks with Legos, but these things aren't going to go bad. The, the the risk that I say that they don't factor in the study is stepping on one of these things. <laughs> I, that's a huge risk, especially in Florida where I'm barefoot ouch. a lot of time. Yeah, ouch. I, you know? Uh, Anyone who's ever stepped on a bunch of Legos or even one and, and screams in pain, that's, right. a, that's ouchy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so they don't talk about that risk. You got to factor these things yeah. in. Yeah, You're not going to step on a bar of gold and hurt your foot, you know? Nope. You could drop it on your foot, but... yeah. Um, so, so here's another point that I want to bring up, Tony. Um, the yields or the returns on this are going to be after two to three years. So when you buy a set, you're not going to be able to return 100% in a year. Yeah, like you just said with that matchbox car. It's right. a long-term investment. It's not, it's not, there's no liquidity in it. Right. And yeah. so like when you buy gold coins and you have to store them, that's a, there's a risk of there. I got to store this thing. I got to buy a safe. I, there, there is a storage issue with Legos. Like where do you keep this thing? Or if your like, basement literally. gets flooded and some of them are low enough uh, and the boxes get damaged, uh, then they're or the instruction sheet. Right. Yeah. I, I think that has a part in it. I'm not packaging, really sure. Packaging makes a difference. Uh, the, the condition of the packaging actually drastically affects value when it comes to collectibles. Right, right. And Legos are no different. Now, these things can probably go through negative oh, 5,000 degrees temperature and, you know, negative 50 degrees. Yeah, the yeah. Legos or, themselves, or, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're indestructible. Legos. Yeah, especially it'll cut through a femur. The, if you land on it just right, it'll cut through your femur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Legos are fairly indestructible. Yeah. I want to I quote uh, Victoria Dobrinskaya from this from her study. This is the the all important quote that I'm going to pull from this. Dobrinskaya, thing, so you don't have to read it. Not all sets are equally successful, and one must be a real Lego fan to sort out the market nuances and yeah. see the investment potential in a particular set. Yes, there you go. You can't just randomly go to Target and say, "I heard these are valuable," and just scrape a bunch into your right cart. by one That's of each. Right? Yeah. No, and, and I think it's. It's definitely Dobrinskia. New it's Dobrinskia. Right. Dobrinskaya? Nope. Dobrinskia. So, Tony, <laughs> we're going to stick to things we know. So you don't know anything about Legos or pronunciation of Russian <laughs> surnames. So ta- talk I to me. I think I'm close. I think talk I'm to close. me about your collectible. You mentioned you have collectible. Yeah. Let me guess. It's vinyl. It's the vinyl records that you keep on your mom's basement. Yes. Yeah. No, that's my basement. Dan. Right. Oh, your um, basement. But uh, yeah, it's the same goes for vinyl. And and the thing about this, somewhat like the Legos, there are so many factors. People read stories. Oh, vinyl has there's a there's a, a, a big resurgence in vinyl records. And so I've got some up in the attic and I've heard they're worth vinyls worth a lot of money now. Well, there are so many factors that determines the value of a record. Uh, you start with the condition of the sleeve, the record jacket. If it's got a bent corner, it's worth less. If it's got two bent corners, that knocks it down. If it's got, and, and, and I'm talking about any, if they're not perfectly square or if there's a price sticker or sticker goo on the record from where somebody sold it in a used store and put the sticker right on the cardboard and then tried to peel it off. Uh, that's going to greatly degrade the value. A lot of crack collectors won't even look at it. Uh, and then, of course, the most important piece is the vinyl record itself. Does it have visible scuff marks or scratches? Visible. You know, there's all these. And there's a list 
of these things. Um, then you get into the real particulars, like uh, what color label is it? Because Columbia Records had a number of different labels over the years, and you can tell if it's a reissue uh, because, uh, no, that's the Columbia blue label and Columbia switched to black. And so that's the black. The black's worth less than the blue. And there's little etchings on the inside uh, called the runout groove where the music uh, groove stop. And there's that clearer area before you get to the label. There's little etchings of numbers in there. And they can tell you whether it was a basically you can figure out whether it was a first pressing a second press. This is getting out of control. Or this later. Is, I'm, I'm a, anyway. you, know, you know what's happening. You are scaring the other collectors away to Sorry. keep the scarcity. You want, <laughs> you're just, you're making stuff up now. I am not. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding with fun. you. But I have records, uh, like there's a record, um, and you'd be surprised at what some of the records that are worth something. Quiet Riot has a test, in us, I think it's an Australian. Quite team. right. We're talking about the band from the 80s. The cheesy, not very good band Metal from band. the 80s. Yes. But for a, for a hot second, there was a different member. Uh, he was famous. I forget his name, guitar player, who was with the band and recorded some songs with the band, and they did a test pressing of this record. Maybe it was a live record. And then they never went on. He never went on to officially be in the band, and they never released that record. The test pressing is worth $2,000. The last one, I think it's listed for $1,995. I'm not a Quiet Right fan. I would never even be interested in this, but that's its value. Um, yet you can have a Beatles record that's worth five, that you that is old. It's from the 70s, and you think, hey, this is in pretty good condition. Might be worth 10 bucks because it's a 10th pressing because it's not an original. It was on a, a label or is pressed at a plant. You can tell the pressing plant by the number. And maybe it was at a pressing plant that didn't do very good quality. There are records out there. So collectors know these things. And the boy, you want to talk about particular Beatles records can be worth nothing or tens of thousands of dollars. So see, and I think the same can be said about the Legos. That's exactly you're, you're, you're you making the conclusion. You, yeah. You've you've hit the nail on the head here, which yeah. is what I wanted to conclude. Alternative investments. What what do we want to call it? Vinyl records, Legos. I mean, if you look at the Legos from this study, why wouldn't you? I think the the um, the number that's thrown about a lot is about 10% of the wealthy people put 10% in art or stamps or whatever sure. Legos. And so they're getting a 10, 11% return. Why wouldn't we do it? Here's why, Tony, here's why we're not, here's why I'm not going to buy a record at a garage. Well, maybe at a garage sale, but I'm not going to yeah. go on auction and buy a record or vinyl because you can make a huge return. It's clear, right? right? But you need to know your stuff. Yeah. Or you need to get real lucky. And to me, that's not an investment strategy. No. So when, when people are asking me about cryptocurrency, look what happened. I can make 10% a day. I can make a 1,000% return on this. Why wouldn't I do it? Okay. I'll tell you why you wouldn't do it. Because you could easily lose everything. Yeah. Right? Or... Or you could buy a because Lego you don't set necessarily know what you're doing. How do right. you know which what what a reliable company to work through is? How do you know how it works? How do you know right. your money is going to be there when you want to get it back? And we have a lot of you read the horror stories about somebody lost a million dollars in cryptocurrency 
it just was poof gone because right. they went through the wrong channel or they got scammed. So it's all about knowledge and you right. got to be working with somebody you trust and somebody who's knowledgeable. So when it comes to finances, I'm trying to think of a name of somebody who's trustworthy with finances. <laughs> when it, it comes to you, starts with a D starts with a D. Well, I'll tell you this, Tony, Dan, the dolphin, right? Um, no, dolphin financial group. People talk to me about, cause I am a, a certified financial planner. So they want to know the big picture and, and alternative investments, cryptocurrency collectibles all factor in gold precious sure. metals and so i i don't i'm not an expert in this i'm not I, you know if someone said hey I, I saw your your video on legos i'm interested in investing what do i do that's not the point of this this discussion we're having it's you you really have to know your stuff or yeah. you have to hire an expert that does know their stuff so if you're going to invest in vinyl you know, maybe talk to someone like Tony if you're going to, you know, but you want to talk to an investor, investment advisor first about, well, what percentage yeah. of my portfolio should I be <laughs> yeah. doing? Because, yeah. yeah, Tony just told me he can make 15 percent annually on a vinyl. Um, that's a ridiculously that's a ridiculous statement. Um, but let's say you truly believe this guy. Well, why wouldn't you put 100 percent of your portfolio in there? That's where I come in and say, let's get real and let's yeah. keep this, you know, and finding that right percentage to put in an alternative investment. That's a that's a nuanced discussion in itself. And that's where you need to start. But I thought this was interesting. Toys, you know, Barbie yeah. dolls, whatever Legos. it might be. Legos. This is crazy. I can't believe that this woman has proven well, it's not proven. The study is suggesting a 10 or 11 percent return. Tony, I think we're doing it all wrong. But well, uh, yeah, that's crazy that it would outperform the market, uh, and that you know people are so hey the S and P five hundred. What about Legos? Right? right, you never hear that. But here's another aspect, Dan, that we didn't touch really quick, and I know this because I know it about records, but Legos especially, the collectible market because it's become so big with certain things like Legos. And um, there are other things, but Legos, I'll throw that out there. It has driven the retail cost of Legos. That's what's driven it up. It's not the Legos are cheap to manufacture, right? That price actually probably hasn't even increased for the Lego company. It's only decreased. Um, they can make a lot of Legos very inexpensively. What's driven the price up, and this is what drives the retail price of records up when they first come out. They're like, we're going to make this a limited edition blue vinyl. So our initial starting retail price instead of $21 is going to be $39. And people will pay it because they know if they hang on to it long enough and maybe they keep it sealed as a collector, they can resell it for four times, five times as much, right? So we have in the, in the record industry, you call them flippers. They buy something new when uh, fans can't get it. They get mad because the collector, the resellers buy it and then they flip it on eBay for once it goes out of print, which is not very long because they only made 500 or a thousand copies of this record. Then they and you can sell it worldwide on eBay. Boom. It's on eBay for one hundred dollars. And the guy paid thirty nine. So Legos is the same way. The reason they're so expensive at target is because uh that set can be resold if you keep it in the box in four years for 10 times the amount right so you're I mean, blaming you're blaming greedy scalpers 
for the price of yes. It has nothing to do with the fact that Denmark is where they make these things. I think right isn't Lego and Denmark? Yeah, nothing to do with the economic policies of Denmark and the high wages. It probably does. (laughs) Lack of sunlight. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Legos are their popularity alone has driven the price up. But I think the collectible market drives retail prices up sometimes. Absolutely. So tell me, Tony, are we going to switch out? and change your portfolio up and invest in Legos now? No, because the same thing will happen as happens with me with records. I have all these records, and they may have been a good investment, but in order to get that money, I'd have to actually sell them. Ah, yes. See, and, and again, the, that's just going to drive yeah, prices buying, up. Hoarding doesn't fun, help. But buying is fun, and owning them and listening to them is great, but letting them go. My wife so, would love me to let them go. Right? So this is going to be a case where you're going to be on American Pickers and, and your son's going to be there. Yeah, my daddy, look at these records. Uh, you know, I just couldn't get him to sell anything. W- will you take a nickel for him each? Yeah. All right. Here's 20 grand. Right. <laughs> no, That's what's going to happen to you, Tony. That's what's going to happen. I've left explicit instructions in the case of my passing on who they call to help them sell them. And they sell them as a lot for a big chunk of money to there's a lot of Facebook uh, vinyl dealers that have auctions that buy collections. And so they just sell them to somebody who buys a vinyl collection. So, all right. But put that in. So there's another little estate planning thing for collectibles. Estate right? planning. We'll have a separate show. Estate planning with Legos, you know, or vinyl. So yeah. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate your insight. By the way, I don't have that uh, collectible in me. You know, my 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 uh, closest thing I got was probably bottle caps <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> well, it's good to have hobbies, but collectors are crazy people. Uh, you, that's not necessarily a negative that takes you don't one to know something. one, I guess, Tony. Right. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on another show, Tony. And, you know, enjoy the holiday music on your, your vinyl, you know, I will get some use out of that. Charlie I'll, Brown Christmas. Vince I'm going to go dig up a Lego set and put it together and see what I can get for it on eBay. All right. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.